On Tuesday, March 10th, voters in Michigan went to the polls to help select the Democratic nominee for president. In the days leading up to the Michigan primary, the race for the Democratic nomination has narrowed down to Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders and former Vice President Joe Biden. Michigan was one of the six states casting their ballots on Tuesday and had the most delegates up for grabs with 125 delegates. In order to become the nominee, a candidate needs to accumulate 1,991 delegates from primary contests from across the nation. Michigan was an incredibly important state for both campaigns and each held rallies in the state. Senator Sanders held a rally on the University of Michigan's campus with Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Well, Tuesday is a very, very important day and Michigan is the most important state coming up on Tuesday. So I'm here tonight to just repeat what Alexandria said a few moments ago. And that is, we need you to come out to vote or to vote early. We need you to bring out your friends and families and co-workers. Senator Sanders has been extremely popular among young voters who are attracted to his progressive policies such as Medicare for All, tuition-free public college, and support of a Green New Deal. Vice President Joe Biden held an event in Detroit with Senator Kamala Harris, Senator Cory Booker, and Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. We choose hope over fear. We, America, choose unity over division. We Democrats choose science over fiction. And we choose truth over lies. So get up! Let's take this back now! Biden has been popular among older voters and black voters who, like his experience, promises to improve on the Affordable Care Act and foreign policy acumen. After polls had closed on Tuesday night, Joe Biden was declared the winner of the Michigan primary. This week on the Daily Weekly, we'll take you through how the primary unfolded in Michigan, from the rallies to interviews with student voters to where the campaigns go from here. I'm your host, Sonia Vogel. Stay tuned. Just prior to recording today, we found out that the university is going to be canceling in-person classes for the rest of the semester. So in light of this, the Michigan Daily is taking into account um, student safety and finding out how we're going to proceed for the rest of the semester. So stay tuned for hopefully more podcast content or announcements otherwise. Um, but hopefully we'll hear you guys and talk to you guys soon. Wash your hands. Definitely wash your hands. And remember to wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) And if you haven't heard yet, wash your hands. My name is Arden Shapiro. I am a junior at the University of Michigan, although I don't know how the whole coronavirus situation impacts my class standing. However, um, I am planning on uh, double majoring in English as well as biopsychology, cognition, and neuroscience. And I am on the executive board of Students for Bernie at the University of Michigan. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so could you just start off by um, telling our listeners why you support Senator Bernie Sanders um, and maybe what are some of the key differentiating factors between um, Bernie and 
our former Vice President Joe Biden. Absolutely. Yeah. So I um, (laughs) uh, it actually I think it started with meat, funnily enough, like animal. Yeah. Like uh, when I was like eight years old, I uh, I must have been on a TV show or something. I heard like somebody was a vegetarian and I thought it sounded cool. So I started calling myself a vegetarian to like everyone I know. And, you know, my parents came up to me after a while. I would be like eating chicken nuggets. They're like, Arden, do you know what a vegetarian is? And obviously I didn't. Um, I'm very incredibly fortunate to have um, both my parents, but particularly my father, uh, really, really encouraged me to be intellectually curious and think critically about almost everything, you know, I encounter in my life almost to a fault, but that, you know, sort of intellectual discovery was really my first confrontation with injustice that was outside of myself, that was outside of the context I saw every day in my life as a woman, as a Jewish person, as someone, you know, friends of color, friends who are gay, transgender, etc. Um, so seeing that kind of outside myself and coming to that realization that this is something that is wrong, yet it is kept, kept totally under wraps because of the money and political power behind it really galvanized me to look at almost everything in my life in that way as something, you know, ask myself, what is behind the systems that we see every day? Who is suffering because of it and who is profiting because of it? And I know that that was a very long-winded answer, but that sort of attitude obviously, you know, percolated into my, the way I approach politics and the way I approach the issues we face in our country, like healthcare, like climate policy, um, our police system, our prison system, um, our workers' rights situation, and there's no other candidate who understands the the power dynamic, or not, I, actually, I take that back. Everyone in Washington understands the power dynamics. No one is open about it, and no one cares about confronting it and making the American people whole again, like Bernie Sanders. So that's ultimately what, what led me to support Bernie Sanders since the very first time he hit the, hit the presidential scene in 2015, 2014. Senator Sanders lost in the Michigan primary in 2020 after winning the state in 2016. And what are your major takeaways from the primary in Michigan and the other states on March 10th, as well as the results up to this point? What's next for Senator Sanders? Well, it's honestly just the day after. Um, I haven't slept or, or really eaten a normal meal in over a week between the rally and the, the final organizing push before the primary, so I, I haven't really looked over the number, report over the numbers as deeply as I would have liked um, or watched any really kept up with what the, the campaign's doing, but I, I know it's not over. It is not over by any means. Um, we still have a lot of delegates left. The movement is still very much here, very much alive and kicking. We are ready to to get back at it um, as soon as we possibly can. Um, um, what do you think draws specifically college students to um, Senator Bernie Sanders and his platform? Like, what specifically stands out to um, people our age or people at the University of Michigan even? Yeah, so, I mean, I think there are multiple reasons why young people are drawn to Bernie Sanders and the progressive movement. Um, A big one that pops into my head is uh, certainly climate. Um, I think young people see the reality and the urgency of um, climate change and kind of the the need to address things and change um, our behaviors on not just an individual but a systemic level in order to have um, a sustainable future for ourselves, for our children, for our grandchildren, and that's really uniquely a young person's problem, and I'm definitely not calling anyone selfish, but it's certainly when it's 
something that's impacting me, something that's impacting us, there's there's another layer of, of urgency there beyond any, you know, political theory that anyone has. So I think the fact that, that Bernie Sanders is so strong on climate, um, especially when compared to Joe Biden, who, you know, still supports fracking, um, who has really no solid climate plan to speak of beyond rejoining the, the Paris Agreement, whereas Bernie Sanders has um, a comprehensive uh, social and economic plan to confront climate change that has been backed by every single major climate activism or climate science organization, uh, there's really just such a stark difference there. So it's not surprising why young people who are concerned about climate would be drawn to Bernie Sanders. You discussed a little bit the diverse coalition behind Bernie here on campus. The race overall started out with one of the most diverse primary fields ever and now has been narrowed down to two older white male candidates. Do you think the Democratic Party has a diversity problem? Or do you have commentary on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was definitely very upset to see see the um, candid- the the field winnowed in that fashion. Um, I was really upset uh, to see the way Kamala Harris, for example, was sort of ousted um, by various political forces. I was really disgusted by that. I'm frankly shocked that uh, like Kamala Harris or Cory Booker, who are these phenomenal powerhouse senators um, who are great speakers, who have you know great resumes, were not the the establishment darlings, and instead everybody turned to Joe Biden as, as kind of the one who was gonna gonna carry the party through the the fire of the of the um, far le- quote unquote far left. Um, yeah, I'm really yeah I'm, I, I I do think that the Democratic Party, uh, the way that it is, is not the party. It claims to be of the party for uh, people of color, the party for um, women, the party of workers. It, it's not that anymore by any means. So to any college student, to any person really, what do you have to say about voting and the importance of voting in general, whether they're voting for Bernie Sanders or they're going to vote for Joe Biden or otherwise? Um, yeah, like what sort of message do you have? Just the importance of being politically active, if that's an option for you. If you're someone who is upset about the current state of things and you're not voting, um, then you're not even doing the bare minimum to say no to sort of the, the more unsavory developments that have that have happened in our country over the past, you know, basically since the country's <laughs> inception, but particularly in the past um, five or so years. And it was really amazing on Monday and Tuesday, uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, going back and forth between the diag and the city clerk's office and seeing these lines going down the street uh, out of the city clerk's office um, and people waiting for so long and not getting out of line. And I was so humbled and inspired to see the students at this university wanting to hear their voice heard. And some of the people who came out, um, I talked to them, hey, did you vote? Did you vote for Bernie? Because I was holding, like, obviously a million Bernie signs. And some of them said, no, I voted for Biden. And it's like, well, you know, you still voted. You still wanted your voice to be heard. And you still have <laughs> convictions that um, that you think are the right thing for whatever reason. And, and you are voicing them. And that is infinitely better than anybody saying, anyone saying that, you know, their voice doesn't matter, that their convictions don't matter. My name is Andrew Schaeffler. Um, I'm a freshman here at the University of Michigan. I'm studying political science. Um, I am as well one of the uh, co-founders of Students for Biden here. Um, just to get started, 
we're curious, why do you support um, former Vice President Joe Biden? And what would you say are the key differentiating factors between Biden and Senator Sanders? Absolutely. Um, so I'd say um, my, uh, you know, support for Joe Biden is uh, threefold um, in the sense of his experience in pretty much all levels and forms of government um, and on the world stage, um, great and implementable policies, um, and simply the candidate that is uh, best for the Democratic Party. Um, I think that uh, first that comes from pretty much the ability to be a president um, for the entire country um, and the ability to govern um, in a bipartisan nature. Um, pretty much everything that Joe Biden has done um, in his uh, career Senate vice president um, has been bipartisan, and he has reached across the aisle. Um, and in a time of, you know, Donald Trump, where I think many um, qualms of voters is that, you know, he seems to be only a president for the Republican Party and thinks that he only is, you know, governing his uh, constituency. Um, I think that we need a president that is willing to go out there and reach out to all Americans. Um, and I think that uh, that comes with um, a lot of his you know, experience and just things like that. Uh, Joe Biden um, won the Michigan primary last night um, and several other states that voted um, on March 10th. Um, why do you think um, he was so successful um, last night? And what do you think is next for Vice President Biden? Absolutely. I mean, I think that it's definitely um, the coalition that um, he's built, um, you know, looking at pretty much um, the, you know, most of the uh, former uh, Democratic Party candidates um, have endorsed him um, and looking at his supporters, uh, looking at their supporters, um, they've moved to um, support Vice President Biden. I think it's, you know, what I talked about, you know, the terms that he can build a coalition, he can reach out to these voters um, and these voters resonate with him. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of folks um, just on campus that say, like, you know, Joe Biden wasn't my first choice maybe wasn't even my second choice. But, you know, after looking at these candidates, I see him as the one that is, you know, best prepared to lead the country and is best prepared to, you know, take on the challenges that we have. Joe Biden in the Michigan primary lost every age group under 65. And consistently, Joe Biden has been trailing Bernie Sanders in the young vote. With reference to coalition building and getting some of those younger people to support Joe Biden, how do you think you can convince younger people to vote for the former vice president? Absolutely. I mean, I think that part of the reason why, um, you know, so many students support Senator Sanders is because, uh, you know, quite frankly, for too long, um, students' concerns have been neglected. You know, we've been deemed as this generation that, oh, you know, they don't vote. And, you know, quite frankly, students are looking for someone that will, you know, hear our concerns. And I think that when we emphasize the points of, you know, Joe Biden's plans, which impact uh, young voters, which I can get into in a second, I think that students will start to see that, you know, while, you know, while he is, you know, among youth support, obviously, no, he is no Senator Sanders that won in overwhelming majorities. He and Senator Sanders have many similar policies, particularly regarding these issues that, you know, students care so much about. Um, and I think that part of that that is, uh, you know, it's, I think it's sort of twofold, emphasizing his record and emphasizing his current policies. So I definitely think that it's going to be hard, but um, myself and our student group are up for the challenge. Um, and I think that 
once we convey to you know students that these are policies that are going to help them and you know even if these students don't think that they're you know so-called you know progressive or expansive as senator sanders that doesn't mean that they don't align in many ways and that doesn't mean that they're not going to have the same positive impacts for students a lot of students, um, college students specifically here at U of M and across the country and around the world are concerned about um, climate change. Could you comment a little bit on Joe Biden's position on that as well? The differences between uh, Biden and uh, Sanders are not as stark as one might imagine. Um, there are many provisions of the Green New Deal um, that Joe Biden has um, supported. And while, you know, it's not, you know, Senator Sanders' rallying cry of, we need a Green New Deal, these are, you know, very important things. Um, he as well has the policy of, um, you know, cutting um, all uh, carbon emissions by 2050. That's something that Senator Sanders has supported as well. Um, Joe Biden was, uh, he actually introduced the first climate bill to the United States Congress when he was a senator um, in 1987, um, talking about uh, global warming and, um, and uh, you know, some preventative measures. Um, and I think, you know, these are things that, you know, show his commitment um, and obviously, I know in the end, it's going to be up to students um, to determine whether or not this is the commitment that they'd like to see. This Democratic primary started out with one of the most diverse primary fields ever and now has been narrowed down to two older white male candidates. Um, do you think the Democratic Party has a diversity problem with selecting its nominee? Well, I would say that I think there's a problem, but I wouldn't particularly call it a diversity problem. I think um, first and foremost, um, we need to uh, look at uh, the first states that vote. Um, Iowa and New Hampshire are, um, you know, not indicative of the um, electorate uh, in the United States as a whole and are not, you know, diverse enough. So I definitely think that that, um, you know, this system filters out uh, candidates that um, cannot do well in these states, which are particularly particularly candidates of, uh, you know, color or um, non-white candidates. Um, and I definitely think that that's an issue. And I'm glad to see that, um, you know, this year it definitely got um, some some backlash. Um, the Democratic Party is, you know, the party of diversity. And I think that we need to um, accept that uh, mantra. Um, and I definitely think that um, no matter who the nominee is, whether it be, you know, Vice President Biden or Senator Sanders, um, there will, uh, you know, hopefully, and um, I would be very disappointed if there wasn't um, a, a female um, and hopefully um, woman of color, um, non-white um, vice presidential pick, um, because I think that we are the party of diversity, and we do need to emphasize that. During some of the earlier debates in the primary process, Vice President Biden was criticized for his past record on issues like busing, voting for the Hyde Amendment, and in general, he was painted in a light of being more racially discriminatory in the past with the view of the Democratic Party as the party of diversity. Do you think that those criticisms are fair? And why should we continue to trust Joe Biden's record on diversity? Absolutely. Um, no, I mean, I definitely think that 
um, in the past. Um, those criticisms are fair, but I also do think that um, some of those, you know, quotes, some of those comments um, have been taken out of context or, you know, when they're put into um, the scenario. Um, I think that, you know, when you look at comments um, about busing or, you know, those those are definitely, you know, very important concerns. Um, but I also do think that those were issues that were, you know, many decades ago. Um, and Joe Biden has um, since evolved. Like, you know, you mentioned the Hyde Amendment. That's one thing um, that, you know, definitely Joe Biden has shifted on. But I think that, you know, as opposed to looking at, you know, one, you know, one quote or one, you know, circumstance from, you know, many decades ago, as opposed to, you know, his policy now. I think that, you know, those are things that are of less significance. Um, I think comments um, about, you know, African-Americans or anything racially charged, um, I don't, you know, I can't speak um, for the African-American community on, you know, what those comments mean to them. Um, but, you know, I think that I would say, you know, take a look at um, who is overwhelmingly winning African-American voters when you look at, you know, pretty much every single state that has voted so far, um, including Mississippi, which um, Joe Biden won, um, I think it was 81 to something like 14.5 percent, which has a Democratic electorate uh, predominantly of African-Americans. Um, those comments, um, if, you know, they don't see them as an issue, I don't think that any voter should uh, see them in an issue in the sense of that they think it's going to impact the African-American community. Um, but again, I'd reemphasize there are definitely comments in Joe Biden's past that, you know, don't look the best. Um, but I think that many of these are either taken out of context or aren't things that, you know, he supported. And I think that, you know, when it comes, when it comes down to it, you have to look at what's the, you know, what's current, what is he talking about right now? And most of all, what is he going to do as a leader? And I think looking at many of these comments, they're not at all representative of what he'll do as a leader. Many people cite Joe Biden's foreign policy experience as a strength, um, but he also receives criticism for his support of the Iraq war. So what do you have to say um, about young voters or voters in general um, continuing to trust his foreign policy experience? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think, first of all, um, whenever this issue is brought up to him, which is why I'm going to bring it up, um, he says that voting on the Iraq war was um, his greatest um, mistake um, throughout his entire career. And he said that he only voted on it, um, trusting um, information that was um, given to him by the president at that time um, when he was a senator. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a very um, you know, that's definitely an issue. Um, but I do think that that, you know, I, or rather, I don't think that um, that's something that voters should particularly consider in the sense of, oh, he supported the Iraq war. What is he going to support now? Because you've seen, you know, his current foreign policy stances in the debates. Um, and while, you know, they might be a little bit more, um, to say interventionist, um, not even interventionist, but, um, having more of a presence. Um, 
I think that there are a lot of Democratic voters, and I think there are a lot of voters overall um, that see that as a positive. Um, and so I think that, you know, when you take the Iraq war, um, you know, it's just one single issue. Um, I'd also point out to um, those, you know, people that make that criticism um, that Bernie Sanders um, voted for the war in Afghanistan when he was a senator. Um, and, you know, I think that in, you know, similar context, um, you know, if you're going to chide Joe Biden um, for voting for the Iraq war, which he said is a mistake, something he regrets and has given the context for why he supported it and why he, you know, thought it, why he now knows that it's an error that he supported it, as opposed to Bernie Sanders, whose support for the war in Afghanistan has pretty much gone, you know, untouched. I think that those are important distinctions that need to be made. Um, and, you know, that's, again, what I would say, look at Joe Biden now, look at what he wants to do, as opposed to a vote that was taken, you know, a few decades ago and was on false pretenses for him. The youth vote is going to be extremely important in the next election. Um, how would you um, convince young voters to become more involved in the political process? And what do you think they can do to help um, influence the next election? Um, well, I'd say to influence the election, first of all, to vote. That's very important. Um, but no, I think um, on a broader sense, um, you know, basically talking to students and, um, you know, pretty much telling them the stakes of this election. Um, I think no matter who's the nominee on the Democratic or the Republican side, um, students have the ability to make a massive impact um, when, you know, when we get out and vote. Um, and I think that when you're looking at, you know, all pretty much, you know, all of these issues, whether it be, you know, climate change, healthcare, um, education policy, really anything. These are issues that are going to impact students, um, you know, pretty much for the rest of their lives. Um, and I think that um, if everyone understands the stakes of this election, which obviously many, many students do, um, that's going to be what's going to be the deciding factor. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Daily Weekly. Again, I'm your host, Sonia Vogel. This episode was produced by audio engineer Gibson Gillette Behrens, executive producer Sonia Vogel, audio producer John Coonan, and content producers Rachel Fagan, Doug McClure, Kareem Rafai, and Gerald Sill. All the amazing music in this episode was made by Gibson Gillette Behrens. Uh, I'm Hannah Wolfson. I'm a junior here. Uh, I'm Brian Roach. I'm a senior majoring in political science. Awesome. So what brings you guys to the rally today? I really love Bernie. His policies are fantastic. I think that his focus on health care is really, really important. Um, I also think like he's the only candidate who is stuck with his beliefs consistently. I mean, his like filibuster for the Iraq war vote was incredible. Like He's just such a consistent candidate in a way that none of the other Democratic candidates at, up until this point have been. Uh, I like that he's kind of forged an individual path in American politics. He's never really been swayed in any direction based on what either major party is trying to do. He's kind of um, just been like kind of the pioneer of a lot of major policies that are now getting traction, and I think that's really important. I think at this point in the campaign, it's really important to emphasize coalition building within the Democratic Party. A lot of the times we're aligned on a lot of the major issues, and it's just hard based on resentment from candidates that have either dropped out or have like minor differences. But at the end of the day, it's really important that we all unify behind one candidate, and I think Bernie's the best one we can do that behind right now. Hi, I'm Alejandra Rivas. Um, so what are you hoping to hear from either Sanders or from AOC? 
I'm really hoping to hear like policy ideas and like how he's going to get these like policies enacted because he doesn't talk about a lot about how they're going to get enacted. So I really want to hear how he's going to do that. Awesome. And then my last thing is, yes. what do you say to people who are still considering voting in the primary? Um, I say just go on and vote. I mean, it, they can vote for whoever they want. I'm not <laughs> here to try to persuade them one way or the other. Obviously, I like my person, but if they like their person, it's okay. I don't, you know, as long as they vote, that's all I care about. I spoke with Reverend Jackson today. I called him and I asked him, I said, Reverend, if you were to share something with the folks in Ann Arbor today, what would you share with them? And here is what he told me to pass along. He said, tell them that we have survived apart. Now we must learn how to live together. And what started and what echoed earlier, what we often say is that history often may not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. It does rhyme. I believe there has been a conscious attempt to try and disillusion us, trying to have us believe that the systems cannot and will not ever work for us, trying to have us believe that we cannot trust our democracy, trying to have us believe that we don't matter. Powerful forces that I believe consciously have been trying to say to you, you don't matter, so don't participate because you can't make a difference. They're trying to say to us, do not trust your government. They're trying to convince us that we are alone. But see, what we know is the power is with the people. The power is with the people. What we know, what we know is that we will not be overlooked and we will not be canceled.